Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Ask the Expert, a daily series from 8.30 a.m. to 9 a.m. to help small businesses just like yourself. Ask any question in the comments or use the hashtag QBATE, that's QBATE on Twitter. If you need any advice, join the official Intuit QuickBooks SMB community group on Facebook. Accountants and experts just like myself are on hand 24-7 to ask your burning questions. During the live session, we'll be running a poll, so please do engage with it, and I'll reveal the results at the very end. My name is Aaron Patrick, and it's a pleasure to be with you again. I'm a chartered accountant and QuickBooks certified trainer, so don't be afraid to ask me any QuickBooks-related questions, and have a dedicated QuickBooks YouTube channel called Aaron Patrick, the QuickBooks chap. So if you need any more QuickBooks advice, news, or anything to go with it, then do go over and follow the channel. Also, I own a state-of-the-art accountancy firm called Boffix, which uses the best cloud technology available to help small businesses get crucial real-time information they need at their fingertips. If you require any accounting advice, payroll, bookkeeping services, and even now QuickBooks online training, plus a whole lot more, then please do get in touch. We don't want small businesses just to survive, but thrive. Boffix also has a YouTube channel called Boffix Tax Tips, which is the best place on YouTube to get your small business questions answered. Okay, enough about me and let's focus on today's session. As always, this session is all about you and your burning questions. If you have any questions, and please use any of the social channels I just said to get in touch. So while we wait for the first of the questions arrive, let's talk about some recent issues that our clients, clients have currently been facing. While we're waiting do consider answering the poll for the day as well. I hope you are well. Uh, so what, what we want to talk about today is all about the Chancellor's announcement. So uh, uh, it was late last week, wasn't it? It was Thursday. And it explained how and what's going to happen regarding to all of the COVID measures going forward. The main point for him was this winter economy plan. And he made it during the House of Commons statement on Thursday. And we're going to go through each one of those in a bit of detail. So first of all, it's out with the job retention scheme, so um, which ends on the 31st of October and in with what we're going to call or what will be called the job support scheme. It's a six month scheme starting on the 1st of November for all employees, even if they haven't used the furlough scheme to date. Now, to be clear, this isn't a replacement or this isn't an extension, should I say, of the job retention scheme. This is a brand new scheme. The scheme itself, which is, is very different, starting on the 1st of November, like I said, is going to be for employees who work a minimum of 33% of their hours. The remaining hours not worked will be paid a third by the government and a third by the employer. So employees working 33% of their hours will receive at least 70% of their pay. This is aimed mainly at employees who can't come back to work full time. Now, that could be because of COVID measures, or it could be because of lack of work within that current employment. But for whatever the reason is going to be, the job support scheme is designed to try and bridge the gap for people who are normally working full time, but having to come back on a part time basis. And then the idea is that there'll be a top up available to them, part paid by the employer, part paid by the uh, by HRC. And then that's the idea of how the job support scheme is going to work. So it's very, very different to the job retention scheme, but it's still a scheme designed to make sure that people retain their jobs and keep their jobs during this time, as opposed to unfortunately having to be let go. So do keep an eye on that one. Do see if that's going to be available or useful for your business going forward. 
There's also been really good news in terms of the VAT deferral. So if you remember back in the beginning of the of this year, one of the first quarters of the year, we were offered the opportunity when it first hit of a VAT deferral. And the idea of the VAT deferral was whatever VAT figure you had to pay within that first quarter, you were able to defer to 31st of March 2021. Now, the only problem with that is that 31st of March 2021 is quickly coming along. So what HMRC and what the Chancellor announced was the ability for us to actually delay paying that that bill. And we're actually going to be able to split it into smaller interest-free payments over the course of 11 months, benefit up to half a million of businesses. So do keep an eye on that one. When that 31st of March 2021 starts coming around, do think about that if you don't have that VAT money to pay over, think about paying it in chunks instead. The government has also extended the 15% VAT reduction for tourism and hospitality sectors to the end of March 2021 as well. So that's good news all around. The next one we were told is the bounce back loans. Now, for anyone who's not been not been getting support from the bounce back loan, I would highly recommend looking into it if you have any financial difficulty at the moment. It's a great little scheme. The whole loan itself is designed to be able to be really easy to be able to apply for. So just go to your current bank. If your business bank itself doesn't supply loans, then just think about your personal bank and and have a look on their website. It should be a really quick and easy form to fill out. And in essence, what it is, is you have the opportunity to borrow some money. Now, that money is capped at at £50,000 and also 25% of your turnover. But the idea of that money is that it's really easy to get hold of. And then when it comes to repayments, the first 12 months is completely interest-free and then is repayment-free as well. Now, when we originally took it out, we were told that that was going to be repayable within six years. So the idea was that you get that first year completely tax-free and then it's spread five years after that. The news from the Chancellor, though, is that's been extended to 10 years. That's a massive bit benefit, reducing those monthly payments for us. And also, we've been given the opportunity for people struggling even further to take interest-free interest-only payments or to take breaks during that time as well. So it's a really flexible loan. It's something I highly recommend you look out to. We've also been given the news that the loan itself has been extended to the 30th of November. So try not to miss out on that one. Uh, the kickstart scheme is still available as well. So if you remember a couple of um, asset experts ago, I talked about that one. The idea of the kickstart scheme is it's looking to try and bring more people into employment. Now, it's a really um, complicated scheme in terms of eligibility and who's available and who's not. In a nutshell, you need to kind of find at least 30 applicants to be able to be able to do it. One of the advantages or one of the opportunities you do have, though, is you don't have to have 30 from the same business. So if you can lobby up together, it is an opportunity. And the Kickstart scheme has been announced that it's still going to be carrying on and that we've got an opportunity there for get six months placements for young people. So do have a look at that in more detail as something that's uh, going to be worthwhile for you. And finally, one of the other big news news that was announced at the beginning of this week, actually, was that the self-employment income support scheme has been extended for another six-month period. So they try and keep the self-employment income support scheme in line with the furlough scheme and the job retention slash the job support scheme. And that's exactly what's happened. The extension will continue, will include two grants this time around, the first of which will cover November 2020 to January 21. 
Under the extension, HMRC will provide these el- those eligible with a single taxable grant worth 20% of the claimant's average monthly trading profits. The grant for the period will be capped at 1875 in total. The Chancellor has also announced that the week's, the week's claimants will also be able to claim for a uh, SESE grant for the three-month period of April, February to April 2021, but the value of this grant hasn't currently been disclosed. So that's great news. That means that basically there will be some payments coming your way. Um, I, we haven't been given 100% clarification, but if it's like the last SES grant, then we do envisioned the idea that it's actually going to be independent on one grant to the other. So the way that this, the grants worked previously, that even if you haven't claimed for the first one, you're eligible for the second one. So we assume that if you got the opportunity to claim for the third one, it's not dependent on the first two that's come through. So do keep an eye on that one and see if you're going to be eligible. As always, though, with the SESC grant, then there isn't going to be the ability for you to actually be able to get your accountants to do it. This is something that you're going to have to apply for for yourself. And there we have it. There's the next phase in the support packages. Real big changes there. So more than anything is the job support scheme that's coming through. Not particularly available to or useful to every single employer out there, but it is definitely something that to think about if you're having to bring staff in and you're not being able to give them full-time work, have a look and see if that job support scheme will be right for you. And then also there's the extension of the um, the self-employment income support scheme supports grant as well so that's going to be great news for going forward but i think the biggest news out of all them is that bounce back loan being being extended having that idea that you can have up to 10 years to repay that loan is going to be a massive help for small businesses and we know from our experience from our clients that they've already taken advantage of that and already looking to make sure that when it comes to having to make that first repayment that's not it's only around the corner really when you think about it when it comes to making that first repayment they're going to have the ability to be able to reduce that so that it's going to be more affordable for them and they're going to be able to then hopefully carry on and keep everything going so do hope that people out there can make the most out of this. So please do comment below and let us know if there's any schemes that's going to be helpful for you. Over at the YouTube Boffix uh, Tax Tips channel, we talked about these in much more detail. So why not head over and maybe even give the channel a subscription? Right, on to the most important part of this show, your burning questions. So the first person to come in today was Tantina from Facebook Messenger, and she asks, what measures should or can I take as a hospitality business to ensure that customers customers are following the rule of six from a household or extended household? Great question there. And I think it's one that a lot of people have been kind of worried about and been a bit concerned about. When it came to it, though, what we were told in the latest kind of update from the government is that it's actually now enforceable by law. So it is the opportunity that if you need to, you can, you know, Tell, tell people and refuse people entry into the into your um, establishment. All I would do in this sort of situation is just use common sense at that point. It's about just asking them when they come in. We've got to do trace and track and trace on most of these areas now anyway. So use that as your advantage. You know, you're going to have to do track and trace. So declare who those six people are. At that point, you will hopefully be able to kind of deter anyone who's trying to bring in people that aren't from the same household and everything else. Also remember that, you know, you now have the opportunity to make sure that 
you, you, that you can refuse access to them if they are. So it's just a deterrent. Now, at the end of the day, this is something that you're going to have to just enforce and train to your staff. And then hopefully from that point of view, just having that as an opportunity to at least ask the questions and talk to them, hopefully will be enough to be able to deter them. But it is one of those things where I, I would say just make sure there's a lot of signage up in the in the in the in the establishment itself, making sure that everyone's aware that you're keeping to the rules and you're making sure that you're complying to them by, you know, at least making sure that they are only keeping six at a time. And then make it awkward for them if there's not. So make it so that there is only physically ability for them to have six seats at any point in time and make it so it's difficult for them, you know, to be able to sit next to each other and and all that sort of thing and that's about as much as we can really do um but yeah yeah hopefully hopefully from that one you'll be able to get something out of that and hopefully just be able to make sure that you're complying by the rules and you're showing a good example and that should hopefully mean that most people will follow and you'll find that majority of the people out there will just make sure that they're complying by the rules as well so good luck with that one fingers crossed that that helps you uh scarlet from facebook messenger asks i can't imagine or sorry i can't manage to figure out how I can record loan payments between my two companies. I want to take a loan from one company to set up my new one. Do you have any advice on how I can do this? Great question there, Scarlett. So what Scarlett's talking about there is the ability to do what's called intercompany loans. Now, the idea of intercompany loans is that one of your businesses, and this is when you've got multiple businesses, one of your businesses might be doing much better than the other business, or one business has an opportunity where the other business has some excess cash. When that that sort of um, point arises, then what you want to do is you want to uh, agree an intercompany loan between the two of them. Now, the idea of intercompany loans is that it's a loan. It's something that's going to get repaid back in time. One of the things I would highly recommend you do is before you send more money to the over to the other, even though they're your same company, I would just list out your criteria of that loan. So is it interest-free, which probably would, I assume it would be, um, what are the repayment terms, how, when do you expect to get the money back, them sort of things. And all that does is that signifies and it solidifies it as a true intercompany loan between one entity and the other. And just treat it like you were borrowing it from a bank account or from, from your bank or any commercial loan that's out there. Once that's been established and you're then able to, it's literally a case of moving one money from one account to the other. And then in QuickBooks, all we would do is we'd make sure that we show that as a loan in there. So on one of them, we'll have a liability. On one of them, we'll have an asset. And all we have to do is we have to keep making sure that those two balances agree. And you can use your reconciliation figure at that reconciliation solution at that point to even reconcile it at each date point. So maybe each month, maybe each quarter, whichever one it's going to be. And then as you move in money between the two, when you're either repaying or increasing that loan, that's going to give you the opportunity to make sure that you've got that. But it's a really useful, like, useful solution there. It means that you can move money freely between the two accounts and there's no tax complications or anything daft like that that's going to go with it. So highly recommend just having a look at getting that getting that all in place. If you do need any help with the legal aspects of it in terms of the way that the loans are set up and all that sort of stuff, we at Boffix highly recommend Ferilio, um, great little small business legal provider, and that could be a place. And they, we definitely know they'll have uh, solutions on there that you can get set up. So hopefully that helps you, Scarlett. Um, ba- basically, from your point of view, if you do need to move that money from one company to the other, then get it moved and then just make sure you've got some form of concept in there to make sure that it is a a legitimate loan. Once it's a legitimate loan, you can then move it freely. Um, Kirsty from YouTube Live. Morning, Aaron. Do you have any advice from the Kickstart scheme? We would love to hire, but we don't have the need for 30 people. 
great question there, Kirsty, and it's one that's been really um, struggling for our clients, definitely, in terms of being able to make it worthwhile for them to bring the bring the scheme in. When the scheme was first announced, it sounded like it was something that's going to be available to everyone. It sounded like it was a really good and useful way for small businesses to be able to bring on new staff and bring on um, abilities or bring on um, staff they wouldn't consider normally. But given the government incentive, it was a way of being able to make it worthwhile for them to do that. Now, unfortunately, with the scheme itself, it's been designed so that it's for really for bigger organisations to take advantage of, and they will do, and there's going to be some great opportunities out there for people who are going to be taking on that scheme. The problem for small businesses is, though, is that 30 people uh, restrictions. Now, what that means is for you to be able to apply for the Kickstart scheme, which basically incentivizes you for bringing on a new member of staff, for you to apply for that in the first place, you're going to have to have at least 30 applicants going forward. Now, for a small business, that could be really, really tricky and really difficult. So what I would recommend or what the government has given us an opportunity to do is they've given you the opportunity to lobby together. So the lobbying together is the ability where you can have 30 different opportunities, so 30 different jobs, but split over multiple different companies. So if you could find say 30 different companies that are in the same sort of sector or the same and they don't have to be the sector but it would make it easier for you but if you can find 30 of the similar types of businesses where you can then um have 30 different positions then as an entity you can all put together and put one application in um there's a bit of complication there and there's a bit of kind of red tape and paperwork that needs to be completed but it is way where you can then at least take advantage of the scheme at Boffix, we've been lobbying together to try and put that into place. It's something that you know we feel passionate about and we want to help, help our small businesses as long. And it could be something that other organizations and other different types of, of businesses can think about doing as well. But it is going to be a collaborative effort, this one. The only way that that scheme is going to work for small businesses is if you work together, find 30 or 20 or however many positions and it's all down to how many positions that you can find but you need at least 30 to be able to apply for the scheme so hopefully that's going to help you there Kirsty. hopefully there'll be some advice there but just start talking to people start trying to find people who, who could be useful and if you've got organizations or you've got uh, groups or anything then that's going to be the best place to start and see if there's a, enough uptake to be able to get all 30 of those all in place uh emil from instagram instagram dm says the temporary five percent reduction of vat for hospitality is that until the end of this year great question there emil um randomly and i don't know where this date came from um it was middle of january so top of my head i think it was like the 12th or the 14th or the 16th of january something like that was the original date where this vat percentage was going to be reduced back oh sorry but increased from five percent back to the normal 20 percent, so that 15 percent reduction well, what that was originally going to happen was as of that date, that date was going to, uh, that the um, increase was going to happen. We've been given an extension of that though. So that extension is now coming through till the 30th of March or 31st of March to be precise. And on that 31st of March, that's when we'll be able to see that that's come through. So hopefully you'll see that at that point that or at that point, then we have to reduce that from 5% up back to 20% it was before. Um, and that's also going to be in line with things like if, if you're in flat rate schemes or anything like that, all of your schemes and everything else will all coincide with that date as well. So from your point of view, you know, keep charging that 5%. If you are using utilizing that 5% in hospitality, keep charging that up until the end of March. As soon as the end of March comes through, 
And currently, we're expecting that to go back to 20%. But who knows? That may be extended further. We will wait and see. Um, we've also got from Twitter DM, Sion, and she asks, Good morning, Aaron. If my employee uses the job retention scheme, how m- many percentage of my income will I lose? Um, if my employee uses the job percentage. Oh, so I think what um, Sian's asking here isn't the job retention scheme. So currently the job retention scheme as it is now is that you're being paid at to 80%. So that's the whole part of the scheme. You were reduced down to 80% and that's how much you expected to, to receive in your back pocket as an employee. But as the employer though, that was slowly being reduced down. So originally there was a, a substantial grant for it, then it's been reduced down, and it's going to go all the way down to 60% in the final month of the job retention scheme. After that scheme's gone, though, please be aware that the job support scheme isn't a like-for-like scheme. So it's not going to be, you know, we're going to transition from one to the other and everyone's going to still be involved. The furlough scheme itself is being replaced as such with the job support scheme, and it's really aimed at those people who are only able to come back in on part-time basis. So as I said at the beginning, it's more likely for people who haven't got the work capacity to bring people back full-time, or their place isn't COVID safe enough to bring everyone back in, so they're having to do kind of like a a rotary system or, or whatever it's going to be. So that's what the job support scheme is aimed at. It's aimed at people who are really struggling to be able to bring people back on a full-time basis and to incentivize them to at least keep them on a part-time basis is the government will pay a percentage of the missing wages, if you like, that goes going forward. So it's a much more complicated scheme and it's going to be not applicable to every single employee out there um, and every employer out there. So it is something that just on a case-by-case basis is going to be useful to just ensure that some of those jobs are maintained. Um, Next question is James from YouTube Live. Hi, Aaron. In terms of applying for the new job grant scheme, how similar is it Will it be for the job retention scheme in terms of claiming? We don't know 100% what the kind of the, the, the scheme itself is, how the um, administration of it's going to be. What we can assume, though, is it's going to be very similar. We know from a date point of view that basically it's still going to be around in arrears. So the idea of that is, as with the job retention scheme, we claim for it after the event that's happened. So, for example, the first payment or the first period that's going to be available for the job support scheme is going to be November, which is uh, is afterwards, a month after the job retention scheme's finished. But even though it's going to be November, we're not going to be able to claim for it until December's come along. So it's always going to be paid in arrears in terms of how much is going to be paid over. At that point, you've already made payment to your employees, so you're going to have to think about it from a cash flow point of view. What we can assume, though, when it comes to how to apply for it or how to at least claim for it and everything else, we assume it's going to use the same mechanisms in terms of being able to um, just use it online and be able to apply for it. Very, very similar in terms of how the job retention scheme's been now. So if you've had to apply for the job retention scheme in any point at all during this whole event, during what's happened, then you're going to be quite comfortable in terms of of what to expect in terms of how the job support scheme and from what we can tell. Now, we don't know that for sure, but it does make sense that they're going to utilize the same sort of systems um, that they built overnight, remember? So, you know, that's great that they were able to do that, able to bring that into play for us. So you expect them to continue to use that sort of system going forward. So, yeah, I, I just if I was you, I'd just expect to see it very similar to how the job retention scheme was in terms of the administration, 
But as I can't stress enough, it's not a replacement for the job retention scheme, the job support scheme. So do, you know, do just keep that in mind as if it's available or not. Lewis from Twitter DM asks, Hi, Aaron. I wonder if there's a difference in cash flow net charge versus profit and loss. What a great question there, Louis. So what Louis is referring to there is in QuickBooks or, or any form of accounting, bookkeeping, um, when it comes to cash flow and comes to net profit and loss, it's two very different figures. And the reason for that is what you're talking about when you're talking about profit and loss, if you're following the statutory rules and how we're supposed to prepare accounts, is they're based on what's called an accrual basis. And what that means is, irrespective of if you've received the money or not, or if you paid for something or not, you're going to account for that particular transaction within a set period. What I mean by that is you think about if you offer debt, some debt terms to your payment. So imagine that you you offer 30 days, 60 days to, to offer to be able to pay your particular invoices that you raise. Well, if you're offering that sort of solution, then in a profit and loss account, you will show that regardless of if it's been paid or not. But that doesn't mean that that's how much money is in your bank account. And that's what cash flow is all about. Cash flow is the kind of way of looking at it in a bit more of a cash basis and then telling you how much particular cash that you have within within um, within the system. Now, the great thing, or in your bank at that point, now the great thing about QuickBooks is it actually defines that really easily for you and lets you see it in two different ways. And in fact, if you jump into that dashboard now, you even have the opportunity to turn on a cash flow widget and a profit and loss widget. So the profit and loss widget is going to let you know how profitable your business has been and let you know how well you've done in terms of raising income against expenditure that you've incurred. Whereas a cash flow is going to let you know how much cash you've had at any point in time. And they are significantly different because depending on payment terms, depending on when money's coming in, depending if you've had to borrow as opposed to a loan or you've had to put your own cash in there, whatever it's going to be, those sort of things won't be included in a profit and loss, whereas in a cash flow, you're going to see that money going in. And it's really important. It's really important from a business point of view. You can see that and you can see that, that going through. So have a play. Go into QuickBooks, have a look at the new cash flow planner. It's a great little tool. And that's going to give you an indication of how much that cash is going to be and how that's been. And then also run a report of profit and loss and just compare the two. And you'll see straight away that they are different and they are different elements. And from a business point of view, especially in times like this, it's your cash flow that's going to be the most critical to you at this point in time. So hopefully that helps you there, Louis. Great question. And hopefully that goes well for you. Um, I've got one more question then before we have to wrap up. And it's from Callum from Instagram poll. Hi, can I put employee bonuses in QuickBooks and where do I do that? Well, first and foremost, Callum, it all depends if you're using QuickBooks payroll. If you're using QuickBooks payroll, then it's really straightforward. In the QuickBooks payroll solution, it doesn't matter if you're in advance or in the standard version of payroll, you have the option to add different pay elements to a pay package and you can just create a new one called bonuses and all you do is you put it to there make sure it's being taxed and then from that point we can make sure that it's all been accounted for so just put it straight through the payroll if you're using any other version of payroll solution then that's fine as well but just think about from that point of view there will be a way for you to create additional lines within the payslip just make sure that it's all taxable add it as an additional element to it and you're going to make it really easy to put those bonuses on um, in fact we've got one more question before i do wrap up jared from facebook messages says that's great to hear that the grants have been extended. With the bounce back loan repayment, can you pay it back on a monthly, weekly basis? For example, worrying about my cash flow and making it the funds that 
for when the loans are due? Great question there, Jared. And just be aware that the bounce back loan is the most um, simplistic loan you'll ever see in your life. The terms and everything else are really, really straightforward. You'll have to talk to your bank, but most of them are very accommodating. They'll basically create you a nice little account and you can just be able to pay in there um, without any penalties or anything to go forward. The way that most of them are, are, are created, and especially in my case or, or our client's case, is when they log into their bank accounts, they can see that there's a second account there, which is their balance back loan, and they're able just to pay it off in chunks if they need to. So whatever works for your cash flow, that, it, that it's going to be able to do that. But also remember that the whole point of this scheme is it's to be as flexible as possible, help small business to get through. Okay, before we do just finish off, um, what we're going to do now is the poll result. So I've been asking you guys to answer a very simple poll. The question was, do you have a plan in place to ensure sustainable financing and stable cash reserves? 0% of you said yes, and 100% of you said no. And that's really important, isn't it? And that's one of those things where when we're looking at how the government is supporting us and they're giving us these options, that's where we need to have that awareness. And it's great that people are at least aware of the issue and aware of the problems in front of them. So that's good to see that although 100% of you saying no is a bad thing and it's not, not great to hear, but it is great to hear that at least you're aware of it. And it's the awareness that's the important thing. With the awareness now, hopefully you can think about utilizing things like the bounce back loan, or the grant system, whatever the solution is going to be. Talk to the council as well. They've always got um, cash grants as well. So do have a look at that. And then just hopefully then from there, now you're aware of it, you'll be able to do something to make sure that you're stable going forward. Brilliant. And with that then, that is it. I can't believe it's another half an hour gone of Ask the Expert. If you have any questions at all, then please do get in touch with the QuickBooks support team or myself at hello at boffix.com. Um, coming up on as the expert tomorrow we've got a brilliant guest thomas colster who's been uh, called a rock star in marketing now that's a great term isn't it thomas recently launched his second book the hero trap where he, he uncovers a simple answer that is key to driving marketing growth in the 21st century he's a true marketing activist on a mission to make business but people and the planet first. And that's a great comment to put there. So I'm definitely going to be uh, tuning in tomorrow. I've got some questions myself that for a marketing rock star that I'm hopefully can answer. So it should be a great show tomorrow. A reminder that if you need any more advice, join the official Intuit SMB community group. Like myself are going to be there for um, accountants and business experts on hand 24-7. And we're there to answer any questions that you may have. So make sure you jump onto that um, group later down the line. I really enjoyed answering your questions today. It's been an absolute pleasure. And I thank you and I hope you all have a great day. See you in the next video. Bye for now.